What's up, everyone? Welcome back to 614 Headsets. We're your hosts. I'm Kyle Stout. Boys, say hello. What's up, back. everyone? It's going to be back. It's great to be back. I couldn't wait to do this tonight. I was, I've been looking forward uh, to this for the past, like, week since we talked about doing it. Absolutely. Hey, Tom Brady said it best. Football is unconditional love, and we couldn't agree more. This game's a lifestyle, and that's why we consider our show a movement of that lifestyle. We are three high school football coaches from the Columbus area. We live and love this game. Our 2023 season's just ended, which is a little bit what we're going to talk about today. But before we get started, Donovan, tell everybody what's going to go on in this episode 21, 2023 season, quarter three. Yeah, we've got obviously our famous, world famous pick six segment. We'll get into our questions for each of us that we don't know yet. Uh, none of us share it beforehand. And then we'll get into kind of some recap of our seasons, just a little early preview of some lessons learned. And then we're going to go through and preview some of the remaining games for the regional championships that are out there around Columbus and maybe a little outside of Columbus as well. A lot of good ones. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Before we get started, though, we got to mention Fundraising University wants to wish everyone a successful and safe season. Fundraising University has decided to start partnerships at the conclusion of the 2023 season for football programs. But if you're a winter or spring coach who listened to us, reach out to Brent Maxwell at bmaxwell at fundraisingu.net or 740-501-8946 for all your fundraising needs. And uh, boys, let's get it started with this pick six segment. Sayers, this is yours. Get us going. All right. I my first question. <clears throat> this is a great question, and I've I want to know the answer. Is I wonder if you guys do know the answer to this. Okay. It's a when quiz. You're in foreign. If you're in a foreign country, like where they drive on the opposite side of the road, right? When they're walking down the hallway in school, do they walk on the opposite sides of the hallway? Wow. Never mm. thought of that. I'm going to say no. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say no. I'm going to agree. No. I think it's natural to walk on the right side of the hallways anyway. But dude, wouldn't you think it's natural to drive on the right side of the street too? And they think you, it's natural to drive on the left side? You might be onto something. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm going to ask some, some students who, next time I get a student from out of the country, I'm asking. I have never in my life thought about this. No, didn't I tell y'all I've been thinking about questions? I am blown away by question one. (laughs) Because I'm literally now I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? Possibly, right? He's he's probably right. Like just walking down the hall. Think about it. You're you just naturally your kids are walking on the right right hand side, and then other people are walking down the left. What brought you to this question? I don't know. It's a good question. I just seriously. Hey, is that one like of the Ryan Sayers? One of your pick six questions. What brought me to my first one? Mm-hmm. No, that's that doesn't count. But I just it got me thinking. That's a good one, Ryan. This is going to be a good segment. I, I definitely tell people like you don't want to be in this brain ever during throughout like throughout <laughs> the day. Like you, if you understood the things that go through this head throughout the day, is it's, it's unbelievable. So my next one is a little bit more tame, obviously. I just have to gear it towards the holiday that's coming up, uh, which is Christmas. And okay. so we're going to be talking about Christmas cookies. What is the number one Christmas cookie that you just can't wait to have? I got it. I got it. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that peanut butter cookie with the Hershey down right in the middle. Yep. Yep. I don't even know what it's called. 
I yeah. but everybody knows what you're talking about. Yep, that's, that's that I, I'd say on the Christmas cookie platter, that's my go-to. It, I'll tell you this: a good sugar cookie, but like with some like cream cheese, like vanilla-based icing, like in the middle. I'm good with it. That's what I always remember for as like a kid from Christmas. See, I'm kind of I gotta agree with Stout. That's my favorite one too. I was gonna think yeah. of a different one just to throw it out there, but yeah, that's my number one as well. And yes, I was sir. Here's the thing: I was also gonna explain it that way. The peanut butter cookie with just a Hershey kiss kiss on the top. Yes, or sir. Also, though, here's the other one that I like is my mom makes them like a uh, Reese cup wrapped with a peanut butter cookie, mm, nice. like on the outsides. And those mm-hmm. are just little. Those are easy. Oh, you know how many eat I, I eat of those during a Ex- Christmas dinner? Yeah. <laughs> I'm back gonna make my wife make some because I've had any in a while, and I'm just got me. I got. I'm gonna. I, okay, so this is a great segue into my pick six because I was a little worried when you said favorite holiday. I went, oh, don't you dare! I have a question dealing with favorite holidays. Scrap my question. I thought it was the same mine. I, unlike you, did not skip the most important holiday of the world. But what is your Favorite Thanksgiving dish? The You're thing a rat. That, the thing that you just it's think just about. You're thing, a rat. This is funny because this is why we don't write them down. Just to see these reactions, okay? Your favorite Thanksgiving dish. It could be like a standard thing. It could be a my grandma's this. What, what do you think, guys? You're a rat. The stuffing, or some people call it dressing. Like the stuffing yes. at Thanksgiving, specifically wow. like from the turkey. Straight, if it's homemade yes. stuffing, fire. Yes. Yeah. Every, Is that you guys go to? No, yes. that's not, that's not going to be mine. Okay. I'm disagreeing with them. That's fire because mm-hmm. there's multiple on the list though. But that yes. is fire. But gotta, it's, it's hard. But you got to pick one. I'm gonna say the number one thing that I'm probably going for right when I get to my mom's house or wherever I'm going, even Amanda's like side of the family, the deviled eggs. Yeah. Uh, I, I I love me some good. Dude, old you're stuff. such an animal. I can only imagine what you do the <laughs> double eggs in the next day with you. <laughs> God bless. Straight animal. You already know. I'm I'm slamming the devil eggs. Devil eggs are good. Those were a staple too. I, I'm gonna give you mine. All right, my grandma. Here's a fried green bean casserole or something. She has this whole big bowl of straw potatoes that she just carves up herself, and then she puts all the good things in there. And they're these cheesy hash brown straw potatoes, homemade. I could eat that for days. That to me is the number one Thanksgiving dish. I miss her not being in Ohio anymore. Oh my God. That is to me perfection in yeah. life. So that sounds good. I'm sorry if I stole your question, Donnie. Right. I just thought it was a great question as we got going. <laughs> to get into thinking about football, and I'll let you guys think about it for a second. If you need me to go first to to buy you some time, I can, but my question, second one, is what was a, a special personal moment for you in this past season? Oh, dang. Uh, let me go for You want me to go so they can get by yeah, you guys yeah, sometime? Dude, that, I get it. I get it. That's I thought this was a great question. So That's a zinger. It's a zinger. So think about it for a second. For me, there's like two that come to mind, uh, which we'll get into. So like number one for me would obviously be 
winning the week 10 game that we did in the fashion that a game of it was. And, and to me, it was my first undefeated regular season. I've come close one other time. There's one other time I was on a team that went 9-1. We lost by one score. So that, that to me, is a, a new memory that can never be undone. But for me, in a special personal moment, it was the Pick Central game. That's the game that my son was born the day before. I'm sitting teaching in class, and my wife goes, hey, we're probably not having a baby anytime soon. And then 15 minutes later, she goes, you got to leave right now. We're having the baby day on my way to the hospital. I'm like, oh! I'm like, mid <laughs> teaching, like in class. And uh, so I sprint there. And it's just funny. Like every Thursday night, Brennan and I, we sit down and we watch film and I'm sitting in a delivery room on my computer watching film with Brennan. And then when we got done, my baby was born 30 minutes later. It's just <laughs> wild. And then God bless my wife for everything she's done and letting me leave the hospital to go coach a game. So I leave, I go coach this game. I get there right before we win in an amazing fashion. It was a fantastic game. And then to just, drive back to the hospital right <laughs> and it just ryan like the emotions when you have a kid how special and crazy that is and then to ice that with an amazing win with your team too to me it was just a an amazing 48 72 hours like to me in the season that's something i'll always remember yeah yeah that's yeah. phenomenal there's no i can't top that i tell a lot of people like there's only a few times in your life you get the feeling of Friday night football when it's just a big game and you just really feel it. And one of those moments is when you're in the delivery of your child. That's one other moment I've gotten that feeling where I'm just like that hyped up and feel like that type of energy and emotion and stuff. And now it's obviously a little greater in that delivery room, but like nothing else relates to that emotion you're going to feel than those few that that one thing or a few other things that i'd name off all the time yeah sayers what's your moment <clears throat> stagger this Whew. my moment would definitely have to be my favorite moment who there were so many this year it's definitely the after the game of beechcroft the feeling after that game is seeing the success like with our kids like the I, I don't know you just can't write it up any better two years ago was that your week 10 game? Yeah, it's our week 10 game. <laughs> we heard some stories about what happened after <laughs> oh. that. Like all around the 614, I heard a little bit about the celebrations there. Yeah, here's the thing. So for them, I feel as though we came out and we're out there early and some things were said. Just Twitter awesome. coaches. You know, yeah, you know, that, that's yeah. where, you know, 614 headsets yeah, were just, just Twitter coaches. coaches. And, you know, being called a Twitter B where obviously we keep it G rated in front of our kid, my kids and things like that. And not saying anything back and just smiling and just being like, okay, we got to go get this win and going in the locker room and being able to use that as fuel. And like our kids just being like, Hey, no, nah, that's yeah. it's, it's go time. They ain't about to do that. That's they're disrespecting like us, our coach, like, nah, it's, it's on. And so that also during that game was two years ago when we played there the first time, we lost on the one yard line to Tyler City North. And, and we were going in to score. And the, ironically, there was 27 seconds on the clock. And I remember that. And as the that time, or the first play was 27 seconds. And we ran another one and got stopped. But that was two years ago and didn't tie the City North. And that sucked, obviously. Then last year, we tied it at our own field. We weren't supposed to beat them. 
And then you see the progression of now go back there. Winner takes all. You go back in there and you have the same situation. Very last drive had some things fall our way on a muff punt that they had. We Then we take it down to the one-yard line. There's 27 seconds left on the clock, and we run quarterback sneak the same thing we did at the other goal line and got stopped on two years ago. And it was just like an unbelievable type of emotion on the sideline. I think that was probably the coolest thing is to see that happen to our kids, see the hard work that's paid off, right? Now they had only been there for two years at that point, right? Haven't worked that much. And now they see, oh, that hard work does pay off. And it's just like a direct reflection of what we've done there and what what our kids have done there. At the same time, it was like, it was wild just being able to, and we didn't shake hands. We didn't do none of that because you just, not respected at the beginning of the game. It could have got ugly there. And for stories guys, of smoke grenades and dude, all these I other mean, things. Probably like the that. craziest thing in my life. Go ahead. That, that, hey, we are an entertainment show. Go ahead and <laughs> tell everybody. I've never heard this before. Tell everybody what happened, Ryan. Now, it's definitely a, it's a rivalry game, right? It's a heated rivalry game. But it's still a football game. <laughs> the day with some high school kids, right? Like, and as grown men are out there cussing across the field, at their, head, their head coach, the head coach cussing across the field, calling us B-words, telling us we're not from this hood and, and take my my, ba- my myself back to Youngstown. Uh, I'm not from Columbus. The, this, that, everything you could think of just right before the game. And then we go into the locker room. We get juiced up. We come back out. We run out before them. And before the game, we're like getting our guys lined up on the sideline and getting our, what was it, our kickoff return out or our kickoff team, whatever one, I can't really remember because of this thing happening. But their team, Smoke, coming out, right, they're where they run out at. And there's not really like a tunnel. So then the kids come running out, and here comes the Smoke with them. And out of nowhere, probably they come to like the front of their field, and then they chuck these Smoke grenades that are on fire, that are, I'm talking this big, like, just flaming out and they fly over one flies over my head lands three yards excuse me three yards away and i just look and i remember being like is that they just threw that across yeah. there's no way that just happened and then i look over there to like the left of me there's another one and then you look farther down there's a green like smoking ball one it's a different like one there was three smoke grenades thrown over to our side from their team running out and the rest call us into the middle and they're like, none of that BS. And I'm like, what are you, what do we do? We're standing on our side. <laughs> it's a different world. Just, Nobody would believe so this. We would believe this. But yeah. you, everybody was there. It was just like, I've never seen this. The refs even like, were like dude, the one ref on our sideline was there. He's been refing for 27 years or something. Gotta be a he first. Was like, I've never seen anything like that before. And then he like, <laughs> Asked me before the game, like, what do you want me to do, coach? Like, there's not, and I looked at him. I said, "There's nothing in the rule book that says, hey, before the game, if a team throws flaming objects across the side to the sideline, this is the next step." This is amazing. And so he just started laughing. I was like, "Let's just play this football game." You know what I mean? And then they made us like shake hands as coaches before the game, and really just stupid to have to do but then at the end of the game being able to win and we sprinted straight off to our locker room yeah get out of there (laughs) like who would have thought a smoke bombs before the end result probably wasn't going to be much better and then we go running in and i love our kids for this because they're just 
were juiced up going crazy they're dancing in their band as they're walking off like i'm yeah. seeing our kids like coach get in here yeah it was just the funnest time that we've had and when we got in that locker room i know you saw videos on my instagram so we just not just was, videos but i heard some stories as well no, we'll, we'll we won't miss them on here <laughs> donnie man what do you think let's hear your take small one to when the stadium opened back up for us and to see that crowd there with the random light show that nobody was expecting yeah. and to hear that noise, that's pretty wild. Um, that was cool. But for me, it's like, I've said it before. I've said it before. Oh, voice crack. Uh, I thought you were about to start crying, Donnie. Like, no, dude, relax. I get we're talking about the no. <laughs> Like as someone, so I've said this before, like as someone who played high school for the same team that I'm coaching for and the same general coaching staff, like going into week 10 in that matchup that Stout talked about where it's 9-0 versus 9-0, it's to win an OCC championship. And when Bruce, our head coach, was there, like when he first came in, that was what everybody wanted was an OCC championship. And so to go into that moment and just to – there's a moment in like warm-ups where I'm watching these kids and I'm like – I was almost getting a little emotional like in warm-ups because I'm like the, the reality of like, this is what Gahanna football, some of that means so much to me – is can be like in these moments under these lights playing for this opportunity, this big time game was just such a crazy feeling. I think you described series. You get a Friday night feeling every time you step out there, but then there's some moments of like, no, this is like my piss is a little hot right now. And so it was one of those moments. I'm like, this is what it's all about. And then of course we won the game. So that certainly helped, but it was just that feeling that was the whole time from warm-ups all the way to the end was one that I can't describe. And it was that that's probably got to be the highlight. That moment think, all the way through. I think my heart stopped three times in that game. Oh, true. It was the only game that I have almost thrown up in the <laughs> press box. Like I literally put my head down and it was like, oh, I'm gonna throw up. Like yeah. it was like I, I can't even tell you. So that game took a few years off my life. What would be worse? Having headsets that never work. Well, on the sideline or cameras slash film that you never get any film from in game, which, which is worse. I hope Bruce isn't listening. Yeah. No, we're not talking about I mean, for me, hey, my worst case scenario is them headsets not working. I ain't got no camera, no videos on the sideline during the games. We're running, we're playing ball, baby. We got guys going both ways and we ain't got no iPad over there. We're showing no stunts or nothing. The team's running. We just playing football and trusting our coaches up in the box to get it done. So if the headsets go out, buddy, we're in a world of trouble, dude. All right, Sarah, so let's flip it then. No headsets or no like film from the game. Like you, you win or lose the game, and you're just flying blind the next week. Right, now we're figuring it out. We're watching. Yeah. We're definitely watching film. We're getting yeah. film tonight. Yep. There's no yeah. chance. That I'm under gonna... those parameters, I'd rather have the film too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah uh, under our parameters, we, we but, have uh, them on the sideline. Under the, you know, no, no comment, no comment about headsets in the recent last couple weeks. So uh, I won't say anything. About we don't like the headsets over at Gahanna, or is it getting a little too wild on there? No comment. No, we, our headsets have not worked for three weeks. And we'll just put it at that. I don't know what it is. We'll test our headsets. Hey, Coach Com, you're not a sponsor of the show, so you suck. Right? Yeah. All right. Do you guys have the wireless ones? Yeah. I've never had a problem with my wired ones. Something, I, man. Way like, better. 
I, I'm about right. to I'm about to be like let's be Jim Harbaugh with the hundred yeah. foot cord and, and, and other coach behind you with the dragging the cord back. I, they are terrible. No, you guys should you guys just need to get the little box, the thing that has the receiver, and just put it on your guys' belt clip. It's, I'm telling you, I've never had a problem with it. And ours are something five years old. All right, ours years are barely going. old at all. No, they're new. And I, ours are only like two, three years old. Yeah. And we'll test them before the game, do everything. Everything's working great. Leave them on. Do t- Turn the master one on first. We'll do all these little subtleties. And I get in the press box, and the game starts, and it just goes out. And so I, rec- I come running out of the press box every game, probably five, six times this year. Um, yeah. Order number one, throw them in the river. That's what I say. But go ahead, Donovan. All right, last question. For Sayers, since your preseason prediction was what it looks like to be so off. Over, under, and this could be because he leaves, because he gets fired, you name it. Over, under, three seasons at Colorado for Coach Prime, including this one, right? So not three seasons past this. Three seasons for Coach Prime at Colorado. Over, under. Let's remind folks. Time out. We got to remind well, folks. Yeah. No, time, out. Let, time out. Let's remind folks that we did a hot take back in the summer about Coach Prime would get Colorado bowl eligible season one. And Donovan and I both said, no way. Whereas Coach Sayers smashed that. Absolutely, it's going to happen. They won a couple games early. We talked about it again. It got Talk loud again. The Pac-12. 6% chance to make a bowl, Ryan. That's what I saw lately. <laughs> you know, sometimes... <laughs> how do I put this? They're, they're, they're the tied for sometimes last in the Pac-12. Tough. When you're usually always right, like me, so then people, when you're wrong, they really love it, and they want to like gas it up, but most of the time, I'm right. So, at the end of the day, I can let you guys be right for the first time on this Thank podcast. Thank you. I, I think to answer this question, I'm going to take the under. I'm taking think- under because here's the thing. I also think the FSU job's a chance for him. I think he does a great job. I'm not a Dion hater. No. If you look at – okay, sure, they have – Lost, but look how much more competitive they are. All of these games, a lot of them are within a score. So, like to me personally, he's done a phenomenal job. I'm take, I'm smashing the under, and I'm just thinking, you're, you've got schools with big money, like a Florida State, who's maybe won't be happy. Uh, a Texas A and M is gathering yeah. some traction, some different things. I'm gonna smash the under. Under for sure. I'm giving you that. But here's the same thing, though. Like, his son has to play one more year of college, doesn't he? No. His, his no he, has, he could be out this year, right? His son is draft eligible. His son probably stays. I'll go the under because I – but I don't like it. Because, like, the Pac-12 – I don't want to say the Pac-12 is going to get any harder because Oregon and Washington are about to move out. But, like, I don't know. I could see him having years where he's like, all right, like, it's still like a competitive – conference and like, yeah you're eight and four nine and three maybe but like, is a Texas A&M or Florida State really going to offer you 120 million dollars to come be the head coach whatever that number is yeah but I'll still say the under because I because they won't make a bowl game this year they'll be four and eight one went away from my prediction and then next year they'll probably make a bowl game eight and four maybe and then you go from there in third year and see what one two wants to hire him I don't think he makes it that far 
Mm. We'll see. I don't know. How do we feel about Caleb Williams real quick, though, since we're talking about college football? He's a dog. He's an absolute dog. He's a college quarterback. Mm. I think he's a college quarterback that won't do much in the NFL. I don't think his game fits the NFL. Kyler Murray kind of style. Yeah, I just think if you look at a lot of what he does, it's off script. Like it's either explosive plays where he throws it to a great athlete or it's scrambler around and make an off script play, which is not really doesn't work that much in the NFL. So kind of what Mahomes did in college and what he does now. Not as much. Mahomes did in college. Not as much, but you can't compare everybody to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I just, to me, if you made me pick right now, like, I tell you what, though, I got a little bent out of shape when everybody tried to make a big deal of him having his moment with his family after that loss. Like, to me, that was like, that was BS, man. Like, the kid obviously cares about what he's doing. He's having a hard season. They've lost some tough games. He had an emotional moment. But to question his toughness or his character or him as a football player for having a moment, an emotional moment, like to me, like that shows a guy that probably really cares about what he's doing. So I didn't like that week of football and and how that was played. Yeah. Yeah. I could get, I agree with that too, because there was definitely a bunch of people just like talking about how he's soft and he's not, he shouldn't be a quarterback, da, 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 all this, that, and the other thing, just because he was crying for a loss. He's a kid I, too, man. You know what I mean? Like there's still kids at the end of the day. They're still yeah. it's not they're not being they're not professional athletes. They're not that so I don't know. That that did disappoint me because at the end of the day, you can show emotion. I want my players to show emotion. And I, that's one thing I said this year was different about our team was I mean when we lost that first game against Walnut Ridge that was the first time I've seen my kids that are, have been in Northland. It hurt them. You didn't hear one thing said on the bus. You saw tears after that game, and it was literally one game. Our kids were crying. Years in the past, our kids would be on the bus laughing, joking on the way home, like nothing cared, nothing matters. I don't want them to care like that. Yeah. You want to see some emotion. I don't know. People are messed up. Under three, though. All right, let's get into it. Sorry for getting in the meat and potatoes here, boys, but hey, I'm excited to talk about our seasons. I'm going to let the 2023 Division II District Coach of the Year. Congratulations, Coach Sayers. We're so proud of you. Just fill us in about your season. And now, and to give everybody a little bit of a point, we're not going to get mega deep because just how we started off season one, where we talked about lessons learned from championship seasons, we're going to start season two off with another episode since we both once again had championship seasons. We're going to do a championship seasons volume two. But Ryan, congratulations. Talk to us about the Vikings year. Man, I appreciate it. I didn't expect that award at all. To be honest with you, I did not expect the district one. I honestly thought that I would get the City League Coach of the Year award, but I, I did not expect to get the district one. And I was just like super happy and blessed like for our program and for our kids. And the school's just been different. The teachers, like they, they love it. And 
bringing having also our kids like we have eight people representing our, our school and our program on the all district award sheets and i know you have you guys have discrepancies on those at gahanna and there are some but then there are some really good ones those are good awards for your kids and the other kids i had multiple Kevin Bell should be a, no, a first team all district dude. He had 119 tackles this year at my Mike linebacker. Like he I, he got second team, and I want to see who had a better season than him. And he calls my entire defense. But at the same time, we just had some great kids, man. Like some great kids and some special athletes that just like, vibed well together, and they gelled and they had fun and. You don't have fun unless you're winning, and that's my outlook. And that was this was obviously the most fun we've ever had. Um, and I think the cool thing was just like this was my fourth year, you know what I mean? And this is the first class that's been with me for all four years. And for us to be together for four years and you have a back-to-back city league title, and last year was a tie, but still we were considered champions at this time of the year. Now, the next year later, so you can say you're back-to-back city champions and be able to have the best record in school history, first home playoff game in school history, also first ever back-to-back state playoff appearances in school history. Just a lot of first things in school history, and doing that in your first four years at a program is just special to watch those kids go through that, and you just have fun, man. Like, literally, it's like a wave you're just riding, and – the funny thing is, I think I said this on our last episode, is like winning just doesn't cure all, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was such a cool year, but we still had the issues. You know what I mean? We still had issues as a team, and we still had a lot of things that we had to fix, and that's the unique and cool thing about being a high school coach, and I think it's something that seeing when, that I've had to go through that as a – um, coach that's lost a lot of games in the season as a coach has won some games in the season, like and been on the better side of things. Seeing that is now where I'm like more embracing the feeling of just also being a, a team and being together. Like there, there's so many things this year that like now I'm like embracing that's unique about high school football. I don't know, like these kids put so much work in and you get 10 care- guaranteed days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and there's just, I'm, I've now been thankful for a lot more things and, and realized a lot more things now that winning doesn't cure all. And it's just like, ride the wave, be there with your kids, have fun when it's time to have fun. And one thing I made a point of was like, take a mental picture of every, every week, have a mental picture of each one of those games. And that was like, that's a cool thing to do. And so just a super cool, and we had like a huge little parade of champions at the school, right? All our kids got to ride, walk around the track as the whole school's cheering for them, like just things that they have never been able to do. And then I walked into school like the day after we beat Beechcroft, we had a PD day because we played them Thursday. We had a PD day on Friday, and I told our principal, "Yeah, hey, I ain't gonna be there till eight a.m., brother. I'm gonna be in until a little bit later." We I had to go to the doctor in the morning, and then so. I had go into the school that next the next day and everybody just like starts clapping. Like they're already everybody was already in the cafeteria, right? Like everybody just starts clapping. And like it was super cool. That was probably like a cool moment for me just as a teacher and like a coach in that building. And then you have some teachers that have been there for years that literally were crying. Oh like 
tears of joy. And it was like, it was just super cool. That's awesome. Sayers the savior, baby. Brass statue coming. Here we go. Yeah, I, I, I just think, and it's that group of kids, right? Like, you know how it is. It's the Jimmys and the Joes, man, at high school. Like, I love the accolades. You can do a lot as a coach, but if you don't have those pieces and you don't have those guys, you're not going to win those games. You got to enjoy the moment when you have a, a talented roster. That's for sure. Because right. as the longer you coach, you see how it changes, right? How you're not always going to be in this window of having the right talent at the right spots. You know what I mean? You're going to have exceptional players all the time, but it's to have the right talent, at the right spots to be maybe good enough on both sides of the ball at the same time, that type of a thing. And just getting into us, we went 12 and one. We were, uh, like I said, back-to-back OCC champs. We've won three championships in the last two years, 25 and three. Uh, current 17-game regular season win streak. Uh, but I say that, and, and still it's a double-edged sword of, like, we fell short, right? If you think about it, honestly, like, this is a team where the expectations was to get back to the Final Four, get back to States. So in a different sense, and, and maybe this is where you might be next year, this season – Oh, man, it's hard to say it, but it wasn't as fun. And I think it's because last year the expectations were high, but we had never achieved the conference championship or the regional championship in doing those things. And so coming back, um, the expectation was so high and living up to that and trying to get our program to do it again made it be stressful. And my own personal things, too, mixed into that. I'm really proud of our team, though. I think as time goes on, shout out to Upper Arlington. They, they had a great game plan, and you know we didn't play well, but they, they also beat us. We talked about being a storm this year on offense. Like our mantra was we were going to be a storm, right? This When a massive storm's coming your way, there's nothing you can do. Like it's coming for you. You can't get out of the way. Like you can only hope and pray what's going to happen. That's what we talked about being ever since the winter, and, offensively i would say in the majority of games this year that's what we did there's when the dust settles there was some we averaged somewhere between 35 and 40 points a game and um, did a lot of great things and this year was especially fun for me because we were a lot more balanced we did a lot more from a play action standpoint a passing standpoint our, our running back had equal numbers of what he did the year before on less carries as we stayed more balanced, our team led the state in point differential in the regular season. So it's a there's going to be a lot of things to celebrate in time, but it, there's always that wound that's got to heal of knowing that y- you think you fell a little short. Um, and that's that's me personally what I'm feeling right now at this moment. I'm with you in the same boat, Stout. It was I. It was certainly a fun season. And I thought about it like this. You guys remember when you first got to college, like maybe your first college practice or like the first time I was like a freshman, like you got pads on and like you were going up against either like the other freshmen or like maybe the older guys and everything moved so fast. Yeah. Like it was like everything was chaotic. To, like you couldn't enjoy any of it. That's what it, let me rephrase it. I enjoyed all of it last year, but like it felt like, 
that college freshman experience as a player. It's like, oh my God, this is so fast. People literally say the game moves fast at, a, at, a, at the next level. It does. And then this year, it felt like when you have that moment, maybe as a starter in high school or, or in college where you just slow down and it's not that it doesn't move fast, but you can see things a little better and enjoy it a little more. So like on one hand, I agree with you with the expectations, the pressure, it did make things maybe a little less exciting or fun is the right word, but to be able for me in year two as coaching to have it slow down, I could enjoy the moments in the game, enjoy the conversations with my kids in the game, enjoy the practice in throughout the weeks more because the moments had just slowed down and been a little more, I don't know, focus the right, is the right word, but a little more front and center, if that makes sense. And to me, what, what, what this is my second stint at Gahanna, and it's just very interesting to see how those two stints are different. Stint number one, we were – we weren't competing for championships like we were. The one year we went six and four, won a couple of playoff games. Honestly, had a chance to probably be a regional team the one year. Next year you come back, you're five and five. And you were sitting at a point where as a program, everything was just trying to reach a championship. Mm-hmm. Like to even say, like, we're going to be at a level to win championships. And so that's what the energy was. That's what the mojo was. And to be honest, a small part of why I originally had left was I felt we were stagnant. I felt as a program, like I didn't see the change. I didn't see us as collectively as a group making changes that were going to bring us there. And it was a small percentage. It wasn't the whole percentage. And it's just interesting to be back for a second time and see how now it's completely different to where you could go 12 and one and not be happy. (laughs) Like to how you can go undefeated and win a championship. And it would have been what you dreamed of four or five years ago. And it's just, it's amazing to see where the program has been elevated to talking about we're trying to push our kids to be elite. Like we're not talking about winning champion conference championships. We want to be elite. Like we want to be the program or one of the programs. I think as a staff, we're there and we're getting there. And I think the big thing for us is this next season is trying to get hungry again, understand that this is where we're trying. The players, I think, have to catch up a little bit to that. So I I don't know. It's just it's crazy to compare the two. I think it's so funny to sit on this side of that. Like for me to sit on that this side of that to where it's like, dang, a 9-2 and two loss in the first round of the playoffs can feel still so good from where you were four years ago. Two yeah. years, actually, what I'd say is three years ago. My second year, my first year was brutal, but it was COVID, so it was expected, right? Like, I met my kids in February and didn't get to meet them again until August 1. Of course, I was going to lose football games. And then I feel like the second year, and we were 0-5 at the beginning of the year, that was the worst year of my life. Talk about like just brutal wanting to just bang your head through the wall every single day. Oh, and five. And it's hard to get those guys juice up for that. Like you go three and six that year. And then we still don't have guys transfer out and be able to keep all those guys and do what we did this year. It's just funny to see. We wanted a home playoff game. We reached our goal. Yeah, we wanted to win that. But also like, 
for real, what a shitty draw that we got. I mean, excuse my friend. I'm sorry. Stout. I'm sorry. But it's a tough draw. And you and I yeah. talked privately. I, in text that, like, I was cool. worried for you heading into the game and asked you, how do you think you, I knew as an outsider, not tied to your program. I'm like, Oh, my boy got a bad draw. Like, yeah, you, you, you caught it, it's two totally different styles. Like, you played a very physical OCC team who was peaking at the right time, two totally different styles. This, it's wild where you fall. Like, it, it really it, is. Like, we personally, we he, personally, they weren't even supposed to win that game against Ken. Think about they lost to Canal, who was nine and oh. Yeah. It's and crazy. You know, they jump all the way from being out of the playoffs to number 12 to playing us. We personally felt had we been in the bottom part of our bracket, we felt we would have had an easier route. And we've said that for two years now. It's interesting that it's just sometimes there's a lot of luck when you hit the playoffs. It's not sometimes about – it doesn't even sometimes matter what your seed is, as we might get into here in a second when we get in this next segment. It really just is about the matchup, and it just wasn't a great matchup for you. No, I mean, and that here's the thing: I'm talking to, I, like you can say that you see the score and you know that, but and then you still, as a coach, I'm gonna sit here and watch this film and be like, if we would have just got this, if we would have just not did this, and if we would have not fumbled through this pick. We would have scored that drive, so it would only be. And you're just mm-hmm. like going through everything. We had a huge fourth and one early in the game. If we, our quarterback just keeps it instead of turns and hands it, like you, we called QB sneak, brother. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, it's we're going into score. It can be 16 14. You I've, know, al- I've always said this when you get into championship moments or very good teams versus very, very good teams, the game will not be won, it will be lost. And mm-hmm. you're going to always almost look back at a couple plays that could absolutely make a difference. And the same thing for us the other week, like we're on the one yard line and uh, we have a formation and personnel package that we've had practiced since Monday and walk through before we go on the bus and a player doesn't run out and we had a, a play with 10 people. And so we don't score. We're on the one yard line. And it, it came back to haunt us. It could have absolutely shifted and changed momentum. It would have changed maybe the play calling and, and things that happened in the game. And, and then you also um, absolutely scenarios. that time of the season, right? Like kids are beat up. Like off oh, this yeah. kid, if I had this kid, right? My my quarterback towards ACL week eight, and for my second string quarterback, Alex, dude, to be a junior and come in and win our last three games and go win that big rivalry game by seven points and be the guy that punched it in for us at the end is great for him, but at the same time, he did an amazing job for us. But at the same time, you sit and wonder, what if we did have Cheeky? You know what I mean? What if we did have our quarterback that was just doing a phenomenal job all year? You know what I mean? Leading it's a lot league. of luck. I think health in the playoffs is everything. And that definitely, even for us, yeah. we were two years ago, it. we were very healthy and yeah. peaking in, in the opposite this time around. And we had this past week or two weeks ago, you were saying that like, it's just tough right now. It's tough when you're trying to keep them healthy, but you still need to get work in. Like you still yeah. need to yeah. know what you need to get. I yeah. love it. Let's get into some of these games, man.
All right, so this Friday is the regional championships across the state. Mm-hmm. We're going to break down three of the four Division One regions and then just basically a couple other regions um, that relate to us around this area. And starting off, Division One, Region One, you have number one, Lakewood St. Ed's versus number six, Medina, playing at Parma Byers Field. St. Ed's is favored by 26 <laughs> in that game. Uh, I, I, St. Ed's, easy one there. Yeah, I don't think a lot of us have a lot to say. No. St. Ed's has played at Parma Buyer Fields probably a million times at this point. They were clearly a, a favorite at the start of the year, and, and once again, probably there too as well. Yeah, that one's a pretty simple one there. That I don't see screens. anything going on there. Division One, Region 2. I like this one a lot. I like this one. Yeah. So you have number six, Dublin Kaufman, versus number 12, Springfield at Hilliard Derby Stadium. And let's just talk. Springfield right now is favored by eight. Mm-hmm. They are the lowest seed left in Division One, and, and to me, it reminds me, could it be another repeat of St. Xavier when they won a state championship in 2016? They went five and five in the regular season. Springfield went five and five in the regular season and is getting hot and has been to the state championship two years in a row. Because you love to wonder right right now, what was their team going through at the beginning of the year? We talk about injuries yeah. lately for us. Are they healthy now? Are they peaking now? But you love as a coach, you just love to wonder that stuff. Or what mindset shifted? I wondered that as well. And so I dived in. They've played some really good teams. If you look, and there's so all close games, right? I'd look I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase and say they've played three or four like mega games that were losses, and I think three out of the four were super close. They played and they, they lost at the beginning to Matha Catholic in Maryland, who I think is a Maryland powerhouse. Yeah, Trotwood, Madison, Hugh Wright's Wayne. Uh, Wayne, hey, Wayne was given Pick Central a run for their money early in the year. I watched that game. We played on that Centerville. Game. So it's very interesting. And it, 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 to me, it just yeah. brought this eerie similarity of could this be a 2016 St. X team again? I love what, you know, what Stokes is doing over at Coffin, though. I, I think he's it's a tougher nose kind of guy. He's is Stokes team. sitting in this game if the Berlin quarterback doesn't get hurt? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I say no. I say Olin Tangy Berlin would have won. Then I really would have picked Springfield. I don't know. I saw some of the Dublin Kaufman's guys, and they look big up front. They look like physical guys. I, I just from some videos I watched. But um, inconsistent. That's my take. I've seen a lot this year, too. I think yeah. Kaufman. I haven't watched her film that much, but at the same time, I also stoke stuff on like being relentless and some of the stuff that he's had. I've watched a few like interviews and hurt and read some of the things that he said. I, I'm not talking that. anything against Stokes. I'm just saying, if Owen Tangy Berlin's quarterback's not hurt, my money would have been on Berlin. And all y'all love Berlin last time we were on this show. So no, stop it. I like Owen Tangy Berlin, but I'm saying I like what this guy's doing over here. I like what's going on. Stout, can you stop being a prick? Let's take <laughs> our picks. Who wins this game? I'm going to go Dublin Kaufman, and I think they're battle-tested a little bit. Like, they had their ups and downs. They've had their close wins. They've had their close losses. But I think when they beat Hilliard Bradley in Week 10, 9-0, number, whatever rank they were in the state at that point, Hilliard Bradley, like, I think – 
already being battle tested at that point and then winning that game and then going to the playoffs with that momentum, it, it gives you a little bit extra juice to whatever talent you have. And, I, and they're still a really talented team, but it gives you another gear to have that momentum and that juice going forward. So give me Dylan Kaufman. I like that take, but for me, I have to go the other way and go with the Springfield of the experience of being in that game and yeah. being deep into the seasons and, and having the experience with that group of kids that you've had two years now that you've just been deep as ever in the playoffs, right? Didn't they? They've made a play state championship game. They've just done a phenomenal job over there. And so I'm going to take Springfield just based off of just having experience in this situation and being deep into the playoffs a lot of times. Do you think Kaufman's like counts as, you know what I mean? Like Kaufman for, I, you guys might remember this better than I would, but like Kaufman from mid 2010s to 2000, late 2010s, they had those runs and probably before they had those runs where they were going into the playoffs. They're winning around central Ohio. Do you think that, I don't know if blueprint's the right word, but like that legacy almost from not very long ago still carries into their program of like, okay, like we did this no. years ago. I think it's so far removed. I don't see it carrying. Like the, you're talking like the Brady Quinn era? They haven't been to, was it 2016 or 2019 since their last regional championship? I'll find it. It was one of those two as I was looking at stuff today. I, I'll take the Springfield. Just based off of what I said earlier and with piggyback on Sayers, been there, done that. It, it seems like I'll take the flip side of your argument. I, I think maybe Springfield's even more battle hardened, yeah, in, in the tough games. Um, and they so know I'll, how to lose and they know what it feels like to lose, yeah. like uh, those tough ones. Let's get into the tightest game in every regional final that matters to us that we're talking division one, region three, number four, Hilliard Bradley. Uh, versus Upper Arlington at Historic Cruise Stadium. Hilliard Bradley is only favored by one point. This is a week six rematch where Hilliard Bradley won 24 to 22. What are you guys' thoughts? I love Hilliard Bradley's quarterback. He's an animal. I, I don't know what his name is off the top of my head. Flaherty? Flaherty? Yeah. Flaherty. District Player of the Year. Watched him, watched him last week against Pick North. I was at the, I was actually at the Funny Bone. Shout out to Gary Owens, though, best comedian ever. That dude is, that was the best show I've ever been to. But back to what I'm saying, I was watching that game, and that quarterback's a dog. You, he make, he's slippery. He can throw on the run. He, he slings the pill, and he makes things happen. Like when they're in bad situations, he make, he gets them out of it, and he just reminds me of. Uh, I don't know why, maybe because he was wearing number one, but like Cam Newton style kind of cat. So to me, with only seeing Hilliard Bradley once on film and just getting done playing up Arlington, to me, the whole game's going to come down to how do they cover and spy that quarterback? Mm -hmm. If they can somehow bottle him up and spy him well and, and limit his freelancing – I like Upper Arlington's defense to keep it very tight. If they don't, I, I like the Hilliard-Bradley matchup as well. Um, so if I were going to go to any game, this would be the one. Yeah. This one's like for me to pick it is tough because, like you said, we just saw Upper Arlington, like the amount of respect for what they did game planning-wise, like how they played, and that confidence that I think 
Arlington's probably praying from week, I don't know, call it seven or eight, whenever this really started getting hot up until now. I think a lot of people would go, oh, yeah, Upper Arlington's got something really going. And Bradley had, especially with that close game against Bradley, but Bradley had that week 10 loss to Kaufman. They go through the playoffs. They have an easy round one game, tighter round two game. And then in a game three where I don't know how many people around Columbus were picking them to beat Pick North, but I didn't see a whole lot. I, it felt like the mo- the vibe was, oh, Pick North is going to win. It just felt like everybody was talking about that. And I think you could almost say the momentum Arlington had versus the momentum Bradley has just from winning that game and defying those odds or defying maybe the talk around town, whatever you want to call it, I think is also able to match. That's why it's so hard to pick this game, man. This is tough. I also think I agree though. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Hold on. Because of the fact that you got, like you're saying though, Donnie, because everyone was expecting it to be pick North in Mm -hmm. Utah. To be honest, everyone was expecting the pick North Gehanna rematch and it didn't come. Not one of them made it. Nope. Well, Donnie, well, you you got to pick. <laughs> you, yeah, I know. you totally I know. walked by a pick. Bradley. You pick Hillier Bradley. Leave it. Okay. Hillier Bradley. All right. Moving on. Another not close game at all. National Washington. Division two, sure. Region seven. National Washington and Green. Have you Washington Washington favored by thirty-two? Washington's highlights. Stout. Have not. Go tomorrow. Go do the pleasure of doing that. Next tomorrow, year. I have a homework assignment. I will. Not much to say about that game. A clear no. favorite. Uh, probably going to come down to them and Akron Hoban, if we had to guess. Um, yeah, great they, game, by the way. Hoban versus Something on, like, the regions playing each other so they could be the state championship game. You what? What did you say? I'd love for OHSA to switch something to where Maslin and Archbishop Carroll are on opposite sides so it's just a state championship game with those two. Yes, that's just that to me. That's what things are boiling to. Division three, region eleven, Bishop Watterson versus Mm. Belfontaine. Bishop Watterson is favored by fifteen, and they're the one seed. What do we think? Is Belfontaine the one with the uh, Davian Saint Clair? That's who I'm going going with. Listen, Sayers, I'm with you. My guy is trying to put on for Ohio right now. Okay, he he's committed to Ohio State. They're they're in number seven seed. You see what I'm saying? So he's making plays. He's doing a lot of great things. And for him to beat Granville, a tough Granville team this past week, going in there and beating Coach Schroeder, West over there, he's done a great job. Look at the dude's record over there. Every year you see them in the second, third round of the playoffs. Every year and year out, and. For him to go ahead and beat those guys, I'm taking Tavian St. Clair. I'm telling you right now, he's trying to put on for a Yeah, I, I agree with you. When you have a dog like that, that quarterback, yeah, you're. I'm going with you. And I watched I'm that Dallas Watterson game and was not impressed by what Watterson's offense was looking like. Now their defense, tough, stout. But. I have not seen much of these lower teams, so I literally cannot comment. I, I love have my no idea. football games in the city. I get to watch the Spectrum. Yeah, game. we don't get to watch much. And then that brings me to our last game, Division 5, Region 19. Harvest Prep versus Wheelersburg at Joe Burrow Stadium. Harvest Prep favored by 11. I'll take Harvest Prep. That's, hey, you better take Harvest Prep because my guy Aaron Tiller, Coach Tiller over there is 
a dog. He's the defensive coordinator of their young cat. He also, he played football. He does a lot of D-line work, training and stuff. And he does a great job over there. They've done a great job year in and year out, and they just got to get it done. And it seems like this can be the year. If you look at the pictures, the videos, how big their kids look, and you be in that division, I think they're just playing great football. And Coach Milan over there has done a great job. So I'm taking my dogs at Harvest Prep, especially I live in Canal Winchester. So they're right down the road for me. I'm going to ride with the 614. We're all going to smash Harvest Prep around here, man. Let's just go. I love it. Roll with it. Interesting stuff, man. It'll Great first night back, boys. Mm-hmm. After the season's done, I, Donnie got uglier. Yeah. Out. Like, it's crazy. Style got tired. You did get a few more wrinkles. Like, yeah, you I'm shot, man. I'm shot, man. I'm shot. Hey, I want to appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. We're excited to be back. We've got one more episode left in season one. The talk is to maybe do something right before the championship games. I think we're going to pass around some 614 helmet sticker awards to some of our best players from the 2023 season, where we're each going to pick our standouts that we watched. And then after that, we're in the season two. We've got some awesome plans ready for season two. Make sure you follow us on whatever your podcast platform is, Apple, Spotify, Google, Follow us on, I guess you got to call it X now. Hit us up on our YouTube channel. Uh, I'll be honest, a big thing for us in season two is to try to grow the show. Help us out, retweet, comment, subscribe, all those things to help us out as we try to, to grow this lifestyle that we're doing. So like Ryan said, I'm excited to be back and uh, can't wait for our next one. Shout out to my dog, Brett Maxwell, fundraiser. You, I'm going to be connected with him soon. We got to raise some money here. Here comes the off season. You already know. That's when we make his pockets big as well. We get (laughs) money rolling for him. That's true. Hey, Brett said, if you happen to go to him and let him know 614 headset sent you there, he might have a little something for you. So make sure you do that. Let's go. How many more weeks? How many more weeks till the next one we Sam? You said right before championship week? I think right before the championship right. week. We'll end up with quarter four, and then we're going to be off and running into season two with some new stuff. Trim your little dirty stash down, Donnie, before we like get season two. No. it's gonna. It'll probably stay through Thanksgiving, and then it'll get a little trimmer. We'll see. I'll give that to you. University of Miami sucks, too. <laughs> uh, all right Miami. see you guys all right see you guys we're out. Yeah.